Today is Sunday, June 4, 2017. It has been seven months since I filed for divorce. And yesterday, Mike and I and our son and his parents attended our daughter's high school graduation. And it all went really well. I was so happy that it went well. Um, I invited Mike's parents several times to come to the graduation, and they did. I was very surprised they came, pleasantly surprised. I was glad they were there. I think it's definitely an event that is worth having family travel in from out of town to attend. Uh, my daughter and son did not think the graduation was a big deal, and they really did not want to make a big deal out of it. My daughter didn't want to go to graduation, but she didn't argue against it. She just said she didn't want to go. And I said, well, you're going and you know, this is a celebration uh, for your dad and me as much as it is for you. And so she didn't spend any time arguing the point. I think deep down she really did want to go to graduation, or at least I know as of now, she's happy that she did. But I think that she realized that this is a very important event to her dad and me. And so she did not argue uh, about not going. My son, however, did uh, argue over going. He didn't want to go. He said that I did not have the right to force his sister to go because she's 18. And I said, well, you know, that's up to your dad and me. This is not about you. And I said, when, when you're graduating, you're going to go to your graduation too. And he said, no, I'm not. I'll be 18 and you can't tell me what to do. And I said, well, you're going to, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We're not going to argue about that today, but you're going. Uh, it is a big deal. It's a celebration. It's an accomplishment. It's a milestone and you're going to be going. No, I'm not. You know, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Gosh, my son will argue with a person over the color of the grass he, he drives me up the wall. He really does. And he's turning into a young man I don't really like. But I think part of that is, is normal. Anyway, we went to, to our daughter's graduation. It turned out great. Um, there were 552 students in her class. So that took a good two hours for name reading and all of that stuff. But my daughter looked great. She had gotten ready over at her friend's house uh, so they could do makeup and hair and all that stuff, which was fine with me. I think that's fine. Um, and so we, we all went to the graduation and it was a beautiful ceremony. They, they did it, they did it right. And it was and it held indoors in a big auditorium. And then, uh, afterwards we did all go out to dinner, which I pretty much insisted on. I said, I want us all to go to dinner and sit and talk to each other and be present and, uh, have a nice meal that's served to us because if I left it up to Mike, we would be, you know, eating hamburgers on the grill on paper plates, which is fine. Sometimes that's great. I love a family picnic. That kind of an activity is totally appropriate sometimes. But this time around, I wanted an, a nice dinner. Um, and that's exactly, that's exactly what we had. So it, it turned out great. And now my daughter is out of school and will be leaving for college, gosh, in a couple of months. And so we're getting ready for that. And, and she's ready to go. She's, she's had a lot of stress in the last couple of weeks with wrapping up her high school and stress with friends and activities and deadlines and, you know, the stress of graduation, which is a day long 
ordeal. And um, I'm, I'm so happy that she, that she walked in her graduation. I think that she will not regret that. I got some great photos. And it's been interesting being around my ex-in-laws, um, my ex-husband. I, I don't know if I should call him my ex-husband yet. We're not officially divorced, but he is essentially my ex. It's interesting being around his parents. Um, you know, I've never was very close to them. I was never as close as I wanted to be. I had a long conversation with his mom today about all sorts of, of different things. And... Uh, my son came into the room and made some negative comment and rolled his eyes and and my ex-mother-in-law kind of looked at me like with shock in her face. My son, my son has an attitude problem. He really does and it's gotten worse and worse and uh, I'm going to have to give him a little reality check. He's just a grumpy 15-year-old who just wants to be left alone all the time to his video games and his music. And he's really kind of checked out and it's being around him is extremely annoying. And it's funny, there have been several occasions in the last several months where I've wanted to smack him in the face. I mean, literally smack, in the, smack him in the face and say, you know what, get your head out of your ass. I, I'm a good mother, I've provided for him, he's had a great life. He has a, he's a dad that cares so much for him and has given him everything and continues to. He has everything he wants and all the support he needs and he's just a he's just a big grump. He didn't um, he refused to get his sister a graduation gift because he said graduation was no big deal and whatever and anyway back to the slap in the face thing I have really wanted to just smack him in his face and I've I have refrained from doing that and it's taken great restraint. But yesterday my Aunt Rosemary, who lives um, near Seattle, sent me a handwritten bio of my grandpa's mother. Her name was Ruth. And this little short little bio was written by her own daughter, which would have been my great aunt, by Ruth's daughter, my great aunt. And I read through this, and it could not have come at a better time because in this, it talks about Ruth. Now, this would have been in the 1920s. It talks about Ruth slapping her grown son in the face. He sassed her, and she slapped him in the face. And I, I was just so tickled uh, to read this and actually relieved and validated that I'm not the only mother who's ever thought about smacking her son in the face. I think my son deserves it. I really do. Some of the things that, that he says, are he's just a jerk sometimes. Just really a jerk. I never felt that way about my daughter. Never. Not once. She never gave me a moment of trouble. And I don't know what's going on with my son. And I think he, he might need to talk to a counselor. Because um, his attitude is just so bad. It's just a shitty attitude. And it's it really wears on me after a while. And and um, the more I try to pull him out of it, the more he resists. And like I've said before, I think some of this is normal, moody, brooding teenage behavior. And some of this might have to do with resentment of his dad and me not being together. And part of this, I also believe, I, in fact, I know some of this is he doesn't like me because of the 
reputation I've gotten or the characterization I've gotten from Mike, my ex, his dad. Mike has always been quick to criticize me and put me down and make misogynistic jokes in front of my son and and continues to. And this has definitely colored my son's attitude towards me. And it's a really sad thing. It's too bad because I'm my son's biggest advocate. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him. And maybe I've done too much. I don't know. Maybe I've done too much. But if if he wanted to pack his bag and go hop on a train and leave town, (laughs) I would probably say, go for it. Now I say that, but do I really mean it? I don't know, but um, he's a jerk. And I was talking to some close friends of mine the other day, and they were saying the same thing about their son, who's now grown, that there were uh, some teenage years where they just really couldn't stand him. And that's what my son is like. But I know not all young boys are like that, because I have other friends who say that their sons weren't any trouble at all and that the girls were awful to deal with. So I don't I don't think it's a boy thing or a girl thing. I just think that it's a personality thing and I don't know if my son will ever appreciate who I am or even know me fully or give me any credit for helping him acquire what he has and I'm talking about knowledge and experience and material things. I've given my son lots of experiences and he just seems to hate me for it. One example is I used to take my kids to the Austin Symphony constantly. I had a subscription to the symphony for many years and I took them every Friday night. And my son would go with me and we'd get dressed up and he'd lay his head in my lap and he would sleep because he was a little boy. And I never minded that. I did not mind that at the symphony he felt relaxed and close to me and happy and he'd lay his head in my lap and he would go right to sleep. And that was okay. And I also took him to many uh, ballet performances for the Austin Ballet. We went to the Nutcracker every year for a decade until both of my kids just refused to go anymore. And, you know, he, when he got older, hated going to the symphony and hated going to the ballet. And he eventually protested enough that I took it off the docket. But I don't regret doing those things with him because at least he's had those experiences. He knows what an orchestra looks like and how to behave at a formal concert. And I enjoyed those moments tremendously. And, um, He hated them. And so I think it's experiences like that that make him just feel completely different from me. And, you know, he doesn't like the things I do and and that sort of thing. But I think it's important to do those things with your kids. And he can just have a wide base of experience to draw from. He may never go to another ballet or another symphony performance again in his life. But that's fine. When he looks back on his childhood, he'll remember that we did those things. And that's important to me. Something else I wanted to recommend to anyone going through a divorce, the book that I'm reading, Getting to Yes, is such a great book for anyone going through a divorce. In fact, they talk about divorce uh, a lot in the book. Not a lot, but occasionally. And um, I think anybody who has to deal with other people in any form of negotiating 
or navigating a relationship or anything like that should read Getting to Yes. It's very good. I have learned so much from it and I think what I've learned is going to be helpful when I walk into mediation with Mike. One thing the author points out is how during a negotiation or a mediation or something, it's always the two parties sit across the table from each other. So it's sort of like your team against my team. Well, the author suggests that instead of that, that both parties should be seated at the table side by side with the issues laid out in front of them so that they're sort of working more like a team. The author says, pretend that you and the other party are judges and you've got an issue to deal with and, and you've got to find some common ground and you've got to find some way to deal with the issues and to separate the people from the problems and to protect your interests, not your position. And he said it's important to articulate for the other party their interests and your own interests and make sure that you can be firm but open uh, and all the advice this author gives, I think, is so valuable. And I think any woman or man going through a divorce should read this book. It's been it's been great, and I'm about three fourths of the way through, and I will probably uh, immediately read it again because it's very hard to fully absorb all of the ideas articulated in this book. But I am going to try, so I'll probably read it again. Um, I hit a terrible snafu at work, really terrible, and I had to calm myself and not walk out and quit on the spot. So I had been accepted into the doctorate program and I had secured a tuition waiver and, you know, crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's. And on Thursday, I got an email from the program director stating that I had been contingently accepted and that they would first fill the cohort with um, paying customers. And if there was any space left in the cohort, they would accept me. And I, mentally, I just became unhinged uh, because two weeks ago, this wasn't an issue and this had not been brought up to me. It's just starting to rain hard as I am driving. I don't know if the rain can be heard on this recording, but I'm almost done. Anyway, so this stumbling block I've hit on has been really awful, and it said they would let me know in seven weeks, which would be July 17, whether or not I would actually be allowed to start the program. Well, I couldn't sit by and do nothing, so I talked to the provost, and I said, hey, and I said it very nicely and with some finesse, but I said, hey, this is bullshit. I've been accepted. I've made decisions and plans based on that acceptance. Uh, I was invited to attend orientation. Any reasonable person would have assumed that they were to start the program. And I said, this is like backpedaling or like changing the rules in the middle of the game. And um, the provost agreed that we were all in an awkward position. And he asked if I would give him a day or two to kind of straighten this out. And I said, yes. So I better hear something on Monday or Tuesday uh, in the affirmative or, um, I don't know, I may, I may leave. 
I'm kind of ready to leave that job anyway. I, I mean, I love the teaching part of my job, and I can actually hold on to that. But the admissions, um, MBA recruiting, I can let that go anytime. I'm, I've been there four and a half years, and that's about four years too long. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully I'll have some happy news to share tomorrow.